that people won't reject you, Diane. They won't. Uh, they won't think that you're some kind of a, a pinko nut, nut nutsack <laughs> from you know, Lower Slobovia. I am a nutsack from Lower Slobovia. That's right. Sorry, I almost forgot. <laughs> I had almost forgotten. It's eight twenty-one a.m. Saturday, August the twenty-ninth, twenty twenty. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. I had to go up a register for that. I don't know why. Was... You had to? Yeah. What forced you? Did I force you somehow? Did I was did I, you know, run you off the road so yeah. to speak? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Run ran you into an off ramp that where you had to go up? Yeah. I'm way more masterful than I ever thought I was. <laughs> First First order of business. Happy birthday to the big guy, Alan Hicks. It's his birthday Happy today. birthday, Alan. The big guy. Happy birthday to the big guy. Happy birthday to the big guy. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to the big guy. And Val's birthday is coming up soon. Val's birthday is tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness ah, gracious. Birthdays. Yes. I guess it's always been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine in terms of, you know, what's been happening if we got all that going on you know and that happens every year this week <laughs> yes that's right right that kind of thing probably several other birthdays are happening too of people we don't know if you count all the people that we know and the people that we don't know and you think of all the birthdays that have happened in that group in the last week that's a lot of activity that is very true so. <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Well, I'm pretty much tapped out <laughs> in terms of new information. So yeah, ham and eggs. How about you, Diane? What have we been talking about? Because it's not like we, you know, we want to talk about what's been bombarding us. It's like there's radiation coming and falling, fallout falling on us day after day yeah, after day exactly. of one kind or another. But that's not what we want to talk about. No, right? it's okay. not. Yes, it's other stuff. Well... I've had sort of a wonderful week. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll start off by talking about my walk yesterday because it was so beautiful. It's that time of year where the light is starting to be that golden fall light, which is my favorite time of year. And when I was walking, as I was walking by our lake... First, uh, our lake. I mean, the lake that's nearby us. It's not Echo. ours. It's Echo called Echo lake. lake, yeah. It's just right around the corner from us. And the mist was rising off of the lake, which always thrills me. And then all of a sudden, I heard this flap, 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 and there was this blue heron that just was lifting off and flying away. And it was silhouetted by the golden light. It was, it was like a miracle to see that. It was one of those... Things where if you'd taken a picture of it, nobody would believe you. Yeah, this was, because this was, it was just so close over my head. And, and then as I was walking, these, this uh, group of about eight crows just accompanied me on the walk for a little while. They didn't cry out or caw or anything. They just sort of lifted off every time I and, uh, sat down on the ground until I passed them. They lifted out off and then came back down. Crows do that all the time. That's the same crows, too. If that happens again, it'll be the same crows. Yeah. It won't be different crows. It just happens to be the random ones that happen to be there. Because crows 
have their routines. Crows have routines. So the, the, the crow you see sitting on that tree branch, every, it seems like every morning, that's the same damn crow. Well, I love it. I and they were, it was, it really felt friendly yeah. to me. And, um, and it, all I'd hear was just the, the whoosh of their wings as I was passing by. And whenever, I just thought, Whenever a crow wow. squawks close over my head, I always stop and look around. Make sure that he wasn't trying to warn me about something. Well, yeah. You know, because I figure these crows become your kind of your walking companions. If you walk around the same time every day, you're going to run into the same crows. Well, and I I have actually picked up your uh, something that you told me about what you do that when you're walking through, if there are crows on the ground poking around, that you try not to make any eye contact and just see whether you could walk through them without disturbing them. And I've been doing that, and it's been working. Yeah, I know, it works. But that was, it was just a, a wonderful walk. And then by the time I was getting towards the end of it, there's this this man that I've been seeing on the walk with this sort of flopsy-mopsy little uh, dog uh, that is only 10 months old, and he's training him uh, in the football field uh, by Echo Lake school and the dog just loves me every time it sees me it just runs up to the the chain link fence and you know tries to to hang out with me so and that was lovely too so i was just thinking you know maybe not a lot is happening in our personal lives of that people would think oh my gosh this is so exciting i thought all those things were exciting yesterday Mm -hmm. They were marvelous. Okay. Well, if we're going that way. Yes. If we're going microcosmic um, with our storytelling this week, then I should talk about what's the circus inside my head around the Tuesday broadcasts. Because I have this, I have this journey uh, that I am on, that I have been on uh, repeatedly, repeating, going over the same ground since I was a teenager. And I remember actual details. I know this path very well. And it's never been pleasant. And it's always been a place of kind of self-judgment, of um, self-accusation, this whole thing. It's a complex. Some would call it a pathology. And all of those things are probably good descriptors. And I am in the midst of it once again. And I am trying to, uh, you know, change my perspective on it, as I have been trying to do since I was a teenager. So, you know, I was a little, I felt a little odd last Tuesday, right? Yeah. I kept talking about how odd I felt. Although, looking back on it, I did not appear odd if I had not... (laughs) said anything about oddness then i don't think there would have anybody would have registered any particular oddness no, about me that's true so this i am aware of and i have been aware more so in the last you know 11 years since you and i have been together that as i am going through this if i tr- describe it no one knows what i'm talking about other than unless they've heard me describe it before right they have no idea because there are no outward signs of it and yet it is it is the ground from which I am operating in that moment or in moments like that. And so the quandary is, you know, 
I have to describe it because it's what I'm doing and that's what I do is describe it. That's my job. But it feels ridiculous as I'm describing it and it certainly looks ridiculous to me in retrospect as I'm watching myself describe something that is evident to no one, you know? So why talk about it? Because it, you know, it dominates my mind in the way that most of the time, you know, the performance that I'm doing, the songs that I'm singing, the poems, the things, that's what is in my mind, right? That's what's running the show. Yeah. Moment to moment. And it's, the reason it's so pleasurable is because it's more zen, it's more in the moment than anything else I ever do. That's why I, some, I feel like I am at my most comfortable when I am in front of people performing because I am just being right now. Right. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about being right now. I'm just being right now. I'm in control. Well, when I'm doing this, when this other thing is happening, I don't feel in control. And I don't know what to do about it except to describe it. But my, my knee-jerk response after a week like last week uh, is to say, I must need a break. I should just not do this for a while because that was not fun. That was not fun. Yeah. So, and then I have the other part of me that is the more mature Bill, the one that's been with Diane for 11 years, <laughs> the one that, that, that feels pretty good about himself day to day, uh, that I'm doing my best, that I'm up against a few things that I, wasn't up, I haven't been up against uh, in other parts of my life. And so... Part of my process has to be to get past those things. So I try to give myself credit for the maneuvering I have to do just to be able to enjoy this pleasurable hour out of my week. Um, I give myself credit for those things. And I think it needs to just be casual, Bill. That's where the word casual comes from. Casual is my attempt to let the hour be what it is and not be standing in judgment of myself either before, during, or after that hour, you know? Because that seems to be the discipline that I miss was as this thing cycles through my life again and again. is I always am standing in judgment of myself for either having been distracted when I shouldn't have been distracted or for you know, letting this thing overtake me again. You know, it's like I'm sick of being sick of being sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like so the, the layers of self-recrimination aren't even about the thing anymore. They're about me noticing the thing. Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. And standing in judgment <laughs> about myself about the thing, and I'm judging myself Ew, about boy. that standing in judgment. That's good coffee. And, you know, it's just... It's a bit of a hall of mirrors. Yeah, and it's, it's like layers deep, you know? And who needs any of it? It didn't need to start. But I don't know how to stop it. So the idea for me is to continue rather than not continue. And let Tuesday be as casual as it is in the moment, you know? So if I was to relive last Tuesday, I might have only played two songs and it would have been under a half an hour. I would have said, you know what? This is all I got tonight. That needs to be okay with me. Yeah. And it needs to be okay with everybody out there too, whoever is watching. And if that can be okay then I might be able to get through this. Because, I think that they would be okay. I think people are just... I don't know what people <laughs> are expecting. I've been doing this for me. 
Yeah. You know, people need to understand that the Tuesday night thing started out as something that I did because I needed it. I needed an outlet or I was going to blow up. And yeah. I think most of the performers who are doing any regular kind of uh, live streaming are doing it for, to save themselves, right? So, anyway, that's what's been dominating my mind is this dumb thing, because I remember this from being an adolescent. That's why the music you picked for today fits, because the place where that, the idea of doing that music came from is so much about what this journey is. It is embodied in that movie. Yeah. And in that music. Is this, uh, because it's, it has to do with ego, and it has to do with talent, and it has to do with gratitude, really. Yeah. But not knowing how to just be grateful without feeling guilty or, you know, something, you know, without being judgmental, too. As an older person, you enter a, pl a time when you, it's easier for you to express gratitude for what you've, has the good fortune you've had than ever before, which is good because you need that to go after something like this complex that I'm talking about. You need the, you, the balance of your emotions need to be more in gratitude, right? In order to have a new idea, a new approach to this complex, I think. It's because of how grateful I am for the privilege of being able to do what I do. Yeah. That makes me think that this battle is still worth fighting, you know, and this dumb self-judgmental uh, well, thing. Well, that kind of segues into another thing that I've had on my mind. Oh, good. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, a passage from Kurt Vonnegut oh. that uh, Wait, was a, a book different, that... A different passage? Yeah, a different passage. Oh. I actually had Bill read a passage that really seems so apropos to the times... And I was just so amazed by it. But I've, I've got several Kurt Vonnegut books going right now. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Just, a just a couple. Yeah. A Man Without a Country is the one that you had read a passage from. Which, but, is, which is easy to do in an episodic fashion because it's, a, it's basically just right. a series of little vignettes. But last night I was reading from the book Timequake, which is one that you suggested that yeah. I read. Yeah. And this one bit was so amazing to me when I read it. And it has a lot to do with what you were talking about. I heard the poet Robert Pinsky give a reading this summer in which he apologized didactically for having had a much nicer life than normal. I should do that too. At least I seized the opportunity this past May to thank my birthplace as a graduation speaker at Butler University. I said, if I had it all to do all over, I would choose to be born again in a hospital in Indianapolis. I would choose to spend my childhood again at 4365 North Illinois Street, about 10 blocks from here and to again be a product of that city's public schools. I would again take courses in bacteriology and qualitative analysis in the summer school of Butler University. 
it was all here for me just as it has all been for you the best and the worst of western civilization if you cared to pay attention music finance government architecture law and sculpture and painting history and medicine and athletics and every sort of science and books 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 and teachers and role models people so smart you can't believe it and people so dumb you can't believe it people so nice you can't believe it and people so mean you can't believe it i gave advice too i said my uncle alex vonnegut a Harvard-educated life insurance salesman who lived at 5033 North Pennsylvania Street taught me something very important. He said that when things are going really well, we should be sure to notice it. He was talking about simple occasions, not great victories. Maybe drinking lemonade on a hot afternoon in the shade, or smelling the aroma of a nearby bakery, or fishing and not caring if we catch anything or not, or hearing somebody all alone playing a piano really well in the house next door. Uncle Alex urged me to say this out loud during such epiphanies. If this isn't nice, what is? Well, there you go. I'm sorry that I could never read these things without getting emotional. Are you sorry, Diane? I don't think you are. <laughs> so quit apologizing, well, since you're not sorry. I'm not sorry, but I just wish I could read it without yeah, my voice breaking. But the thing is, having read that passage at the same time as having had this walk yesterday, and and the reason why I got emotional when I started reading the address is because... I immediately thought of my own address. Yeah. 2917 uh, South 18. 4730 Tellus Way. Fulton 31371. <laughs> but I think this speaks to what you were talking about. This feeling like I've had a nicer life than a lot of other people. Yeah. And it's hard to figure it out. And the thing that I have kicked myself about my whole life is the thing that has brought all of that to me. You see? That's what makes it such a foundational uh, pattern in my life, this thing that I was describing. You know? But it's, I feel a lot of times, because especially now with all the the strange stuff that we hear <laughs> on a daily basis I just feel so grateful to have had this loving family and I, I just thought that passage from Kurt Vonnegut summarized everything <laughs> just so succinctly I that's the thing I think I've been the most amazed at with him is that he doesn't need a lot of explanation just through a few sentences just by stating his address from his childhood and being happy to have been there he encapsulates he it's like he makes you think you're doing the work yeah. he's just leading you to the work yeah. of what he's trying to say 
And uh, I've really been thinking a lot during this time of isolation about that whole idea of just appreciating all the beauty that is around us. If this isn't nice, what is, you know? Because we never know what's going to happen. And so I feel like there's this this fine line we're always walking about how we live our lives of being recognizing what's going on and then also recognizing all the the joy that our own life contains. I think it's so much what a life is. It's sort of like, uh, that's uh, it just is amazing to me and I don't even know whether I'll have you uh, incorporate the Kurt, other Kurt Vonnegut this this time around maybe the next so it time it doesn't, yeah. really, it doesn't really jibe it doesn't fit into this conversation yeah. well the, the re- main reason why I had you read that one was just because I was so amazed at that Yeah, that was before I read this <clears throat> yeah. but I just thought that was one of the most powerful passages I've read in years. Yeah. Um, just because of all that it contains and I mean, just the the rhythm of it, it, it really is like a song. But for me, it was like was truly the explosion in my head of all my childhood. When I was young, my dad always used to cry when he was touched. And that's me. I just can't help it. It's like it just sets off and I'm weeping, but it isn't it isn't a sad weeping. It's just being touched by life, you know? Right. It's like there's so much so much that can't be contained in words or anything. It's just like it pours out of you as a physical response. And you feel better after. <laughs> but anyway, I, I usually, I usually, if something like that's happening to me, I figure this needed to happen. This is a, this is what they call catharsis. Well, I just, it was so wonderful to read that last night and to be thinking about all these things that are happening around me all the time. Yeah, and the and what what threads of conversation are bringing into our lives right now because the conversations that we are having because they're maybe because they're they contain the isolation you know that we're all living in and yet we're crossing the isolation and it's taking a certain different kind of effort than we're used to making to make that happen and yet, it's in some ways, it's we're more accessible to each other than we were than we thought we were before. Yeah. More accessible than we knew. You know, the whole idea of Zoom as communication, or Facebook Live as communication, or any of these kind of screen-based things. That's why I'm convinced that, you know, the powers that be will make this stop. Yeah. They will make this stop, whether it's by software updates or the new Facebook or some other means, they will find a way to shut this down because this is too 
person to person. This is too grassroots. They can't sell us anything in this space. They can't make us do anything in this space. They can't influence how we think. We're having conversations that they don't approve of because they're too a little too freewheeling. You know, I'm sorry. So they'll find a way to make this stop. But while it's happening, I'm finding it extraordinary. I mean, the fact that we're talking about these particular things, none of this conversation would be happening if it weren't for the circumstance that we're all collectively in right now and the conversations that have come by virtue of the fact that we're in touch with the Westminster Basement people because we weren't in touch with them before the pandemic times, right. even though we could have been. It just hadn't occurred to us. The conversations I'm having with my songwriting group every week, it's that, you know, I, or every other week, uh, this, these are things that I am now leaning on in my spirit in ways that I can absolutely feel right now. You know, I can feel how much, how important this is to me. And I don't know, I think we've kind of taken that kind of, that level of importance in our bodies for granted for so long that it doesn't really register the way it should. So we have these moments where we're overcome with emotion because we're not in contact with it on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. like we probably should be. So when I think about doing the Tuesday night thing and just being in the moment, that whole issue about the ego piece, it disappears. It doesn't exist in the moment. It only exists in retrospect or in, uh, or in advance. It doesn't exist in the moment, you know? So that's all I really, isn't that all I really have to remember? Is just be in the moment on Tuesday. Yeah. And when I'm watching it on the replay, don't think about what's wrong with it. Yeah. Just just do my work and move on, because you know it's if all. If this isn't nice, what is? Exactly. And if this doesn't, you know, the thing that makes me feel guilty is how luxurious it is, and how good it feels inside me to do that thing. So, so why is my judgment of it? that it must be wrong because it feels good, rather than you're doing what you're supposed to do in life, Bill. That's why it feels so good. Yeah. Because this is what you're supposed to be doing. Why can't I think that? Exactly. You know, it's a decision that gets made, and I'm trying to find the spot where that decision gets made because I would like to make a different decision. Well, so maybe all it takes is practice at making the other decision. But don't you think that that passage yeah. did segue into it yeah. because it's basically saying I feel like I've had a nicer life than yeah. I deserve yeah. you know I and when I think about Harold and Maude that's what I think about too yeah the and one. that's and that's why we are having the music today right and that's that came out of a conversation out of conversation with the with... Westminster basement that was part in writing and part in talking and you know those things yeah. overlapping and these layers of communication that are that are generating uh, like an encyclopedic review of things down to the little weird corners of my ego structure are being affected by this, you know? So, well, quite frankly, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, I love that my mind is going into places that uh, I didn't allow it to go because I always had to, something I had to take care of. Right. With the, there's something about this period of time that is allowing me to go deeper and read more than I've ever read uh, while I'm working because. Here's the question though 
Is it because we're near to the end of days? <laughs> does it matter? I know. I, I, no, I don't think it does. But because see, I, I kind of feel like, you know, one of the things that has been going through my mind a lot as I'm walking around is about what is, that's why that passage affected me so this, this week, because when I am walking every morning, it is so beautiful. Just the quiet and the birds, hearing the birds singing and cawing and doing whatever they're doing, watching the squirrels do their little spring loaded jumps around and going up the trees and watching the little rabbits with their bunny tails, you know. And as I'm walking, I feel like, isn't this enough? I mean, every morning that I get this, haven't I had enough of the beauty? Why do I feel like it has to be eternal in a certain kind of me, ego, Diane uh, experience? Isn't one moment enough of this sort of beauty? And that's why I was so amazed by that passage, because just that thought, if this isn't nice, what is? To say it out loud when it's happening and realize I have this for this moment. Yeah. And if if it is the end of days and we're all going to die or, the, you know, whatever, so I've you gotta had be grateful this. For the, you got to be grateful for these realizations. Yeah, I've had come. this time that is still in me. It's still in my consciousness. Um, I've always been nervous uh, about things being taken away, you know, this beautiful, beautiful thing being taken away. And I just feel like it's still in me. You know, those memories, that's why that passage was so powerful. Right. That memory of what it was like to be a child in in my family and in my house. and At that address. At that address. Yeah. It's enough to yeah. carry me. Right. And then I've had all these other things happen that carry me. So, anyway, back to the music. Our friend Bill Woolen and we were chatting with, uh, that was with Colette, right? That we were talking about. Uh, so we have different people coming into the Westminster basement Zoom calls. Well, there's there's really six them. people, but not always yeah. all six of us are all there at the same time. And I don't know even how we got on the the topic of Harold and Maude, but uh, we all discussed about how it was one of our favorite movies. And we were so enthusiastically brimming over with the, the experience of our personal experience with Harold and Maude because... I had watched it before I got together with you, loved the movie, always loved it, and um, for so many aspects of it. The Narrows Theater in Tacoma was the midnight movie at the Narrows Theater in Tacoma for years and years and years. I probably saw it 30 times in high school because it was a buck. Yeah. A midnight movie. But I just, uh, I'm so in love with the the topics that it causes you to consider. And so then uh, Bill Wollum, in a later post, said that his 
he does the three beautiful things. We've mentioned this before. And he always tells you what music he's listening to. And he said that the soundtrack for the day was Cat Stevens' Tea for the Tillerman and Teaser and the Firecat. And I wrote him and said, uh, is that influenced by any chance by our conversation about Harold and Maude? Because uh, Cat Stevens is the soundtrack for Harold and Maude. And he said, absolutely, that that was. And so it was on my mind today because of, of that. And just thinking about how Cat Stevens has a lot of thoughtful songs that I... Uh, that have been a soundtrack for my own life in a lot of ways. We talked about him before because we featured him just recently uh, as one of the formative albums, The yeah. Teaser and the Firecat. Yeah. But you brought up this album, which I was familiar with the song that you chose, but I was not, I have never heard the song that I chose from this album. You tell them. Mona Bon Jacon. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> So the picture, it's got the it's the blue cover with the garbage can on the front, the cartoon of the garbage can, and which is the only album I ever knew of, of Cat Stevens that had any of the songs from Harold and Maude. I did not know there may have been a Harold and Maude soundtrack album that I never saw, uh, or never knew about. I would I've looked actively for a Harold and Maude, Maude soundtrack album, and have not been able to find it, but. Uh, there are some of the songs from Harold and Maude are on that Mona Bon Jacon album. And that's where I heard them. I think that one of the reasons I always loved Cat Stevens, besides just his gorgeous musicality, is that he speaks of topics that are on my mind. Yeah. And always has. And I... I mean, even his love songs are the way that I think of love. And, you know, the his his mind is on the same wavelength as mine like on the road to find out which was also oh. in Harold and Maude yes it was actually i had this idea at one point of having you know just as a conversation starter having people say five songs that they thought represented their lives yeah. in some way and yeah. that would have been one that of mine that would have been one of mine too because that is a great song i think we should include that too no what are you crazy Three. I mean, what are people going to do? What? You got it. But three the, songs. Three, three songs. songs. But Whoa. the I Wish I Wish I had never heard until this morning. Okay. And I thought it was perfect for the way I'm feeling these ways. All right. These ways okay. and these days. Take it away, Kat. Yeah. I wish I knew, I wish I knew What makes me me, what makes you you It's just another point of view A state of mind I'm going through So what I
Too much for me Trouble Oh, trouble Can't you see You're eating my heart away And there's nothing much left of me Shattered and tossed and worn 
shocking to see Trouble, oh, trouble move from me I have paid my debt Now won't you leave me in my misery Trouble, oh, trouble, please be kind I don't want no fight And I haven't got a lot of time Left to know when I'm on the road 
Now 